Bonjour à tous les francophones, voici la question. Est-ce que vous êtes prêts à étudier la Bible aujourd'hui? Uh, let me say it in English, because, by the way, some of you who join us online may not realize that here in Moncton, this is a bilingual city. We are almost half French, half English, and our church is also made up of a multitude of languages. Uh, we do ministry here in Portuguese and French, uh, Korean and Filipino, and the list goes on and on. In fact, something kind of cool, uh, last week our very own Javier Silva went online and did the whole message from last Sunday in Spanish as well. So way to go, Javier. And so we are a church of all different people, and we're glad that you are here with us too. And so could you do this? Whatever language you speak, could you put it in the comments right now? Uh, in the comments, go ahead and say hello in whatever language you speak. But while you're doing that, uh, let me ask you the question in English this time. How many of you are ready to study God's Word today? Now, I feel like we really need this word today, and here's why. Uh, because last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, was amazing uh, across our various platforms, Facebook Live and YouTube live stream and Vimeo and more. Somewhere around 8,000 people participated. And guess what? We had people who crossed the line of faith last week and decided to follow Jesus. Uh, some of you are brand new believers. Welcome to God's family. And, and we also have people who are signing up for Alpha online. Uh, Alpha is for skeptics and, and people who are new to all this stuff. Uh, then also each week we have more and more people registering to be part of a new online small group. Uh, also get support is our church ministry to meet needs in our city in this time of crisis. Our prayer ministry is going uh, uh, and growing. Children's ministry and youth ministry are booming online. And so let me just tell you folks, even in the midst of a pandemic, with most of the world on lockdown, the good news of Jesus will not be contained. And the Church of Christ is still growing and making an impact in our communities. Yes? Okay, so, folks, we could not do it without you. And so just thank you, thank you, thank you for, for being part of this team, being part of this mission of Jesus here at Moncton Wesleyan. Now, last Sunday was awesome, and all that stuff that I just said is true. But I also want to just get uncomfortably honest with you for a minute, because for some of us, we celebrated on Easter Sunday and then felt the letdown blues on Monday. Do you ever go from a high to a low? In the last week, for me, someone I dearly love died. Uh, we've seen so many people right now wrestling with mental illness. Uh, it seems like some people are just getting grumpy right now. And I think I saw more darkness and discouragement on Monday than I had in the entire crisis of the pandemic over the last month. 
And I think that maybe there are a, f are a few reasons for that. Number one, I think this whole thing is exhausting, right? I mean, people are getting tired of all the restrictions and being locked down, and it's just really hard. We miss life, we miss normalcy, we miss each other. <laughs> I wanna see all of you so much. And number two, I think for many of you, the economic reality is setting in. Uh, so many people have been laid off or put out of work. So many businesses are closed. And we don't know where or when all of this will end. There are a whole bunch of other factors that we could list right now, but I want to skip to probably the one you don't hear people talking about out there in the world, because the world doesn't understand this part. As Christians, we know that Satan is also working overtime right now. Last week, we talked about how the Bible says Satan is the god of this world, the prince of the air. And, and a lot of people were surprised when they looked at Scripture last week and saw that God created humans in His, His image and, and gave us authority to rule over this world. But back in Genesis, humans chose to surrender that authority to Satan. And he loves working behind the scenes to bring discouragement and destruction. Satan brings anxiety and fear. He brings conflict into our relationships. He whispers lies into our ears. And I think in this season, Satan has been working overtime to bring discouragement and strife and disunity and lack of focus. But today, listen, today, we want to get all that turned around and get our eyes on Jesus. Amen? And I feel like God has really led me to a particular passage of Scripture that we are going to look at today. So if you want to get a Bible and find 2 Chronicles chapter 20 in the Old Testament. Now, if you've never heard this story, uh, there is so much that we need to understand here in the story of a guy named Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. That's kind of an interesting name, isn't it? Can you imagine uh, naming one of your children Jehoshaphat, uh, being stuck in the house eating food all day? I kind of feel like my name could be Joel Oshaphat. Okay, I know that was bad. Okay, I'm sorry, but uh, he was a good king. He was a good king. And 2 Chronicles 20 tells us that his kingdom is about to be attacked. He receives word that not just one army, and not just two countries, but literally three armies were coming against him at once. And so he's trapped with no way of escape. And you know what? That's how some of you feel right now. Maybe you feel like your world has been turned upside down. You feel backed into a corner and overwhelmed with all of these problems, and you don't know what to do. And if you read a few chapters before this, in chapter 18, you find how Jehoshaphat had dealt with problems like this in the past. And what he would do is align himself with other kingdoms. He would kind of bargain and negotiate deals with other people. But this time, God says, Jehoshaphat, I don't want 
you to keep doing the same things that you have done in the past. And I think that when we face problems like Jehoshaphat, here are three things that we sometimes do. Number one, deny reality. You know, maybe just sit around and watch Netflix and YouTube and, and read books and play games and pretend like everything is normal. Uh, check out this, this Peanuts cartoon where Linus says to Charlie Brown, I don't like to face problems head on. He says, I think the best way to solve problems is to avoid them. <laughs> this is a distinct philosophy of mine. He says, I believe no problem is so big or so complicated that it can't be run away from. But listen, denying reality is not helpful. Number two, you can keep doing the same old stuff. This is falling back on old habits. And so I want to ask you, do we have any math geniuses here today? I want you all to help. And so everybody right now, what I want you to do is hold up both of your hands like this, okay? Do you, do you have your hands up? Just like this. Now, what I want you to do is, is go to one of those hands, and I want you to count your fingers with me, and I want to ask beforehand, how many fingers do you have? Yeah, did you ask the people in the room? How many people have 10 fingers? Yes? Okay, well, let's find out. Start with me and count together. Here we go. Ten. Nine, eight, seven, six. Six. How many fingers do you have on this hand? Five. What is six plus five? Eleven. I thought you said you had ten fingers. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. Maybe we'll see, we'll see if we get a different result this time. Count with me. How many do you have? Ten. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six on, the, on this hand. How do you mean uh, on this hand? How many? Five, what's six plus five? Six plus five is 11. You say, but Joel, you're not doing it right. If you keep counting that same way over and over again, you'll keep getting the same bad results. And guess what? The same is true in our lives. That if we just keep doing the same things we've always done, not realizing there might be some problems with the way that we've been doing things, we will keep getting the same bad results in our lives. And so listen, if you want to see some changes in your life, maybe it's time to make some changes in your life. Because some of us have maybe become used to living in our dysfunction. You don't think there's any hope right now that things will never get better in your life. And so unfortunately, that leads to response number three, we surrender to fear and panic. And folks, this is the danger that God speaks to here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Are you ready? We're going to dive in. This story is pretty long, so we'll start in verse 1. It says, The Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Muonites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamah. Alarmed, 
Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So what did Jehoshaphat do here? Right here at the beginning, he did two things. Number one, uh, he leaned in to spiritual community. And then number two, they prayed and fasted together. He leaned in to spiritual community and they prayed and fasted together. See, Jehoshaphat did not try to deal with his fear and anxiety on his own. As he faced this great problem, he shared it with his fellow believers. And folks, that's why we believe in small groups around here. That small groups are absolutely necessary. That's why I am desperate each week to join together with my fellow prayer warriors. Time and time again, I face a situation in my life where I need to hear from God. And so I will put away all the busyness of my schedule and do things like our Tuesday morning prayer meeting where we get together at 7 a.m. every week, which again, you are welcome to join. Just go to our website and click the link for prayer meeting, and we can send you that Zoom link. Because week after week, I find that God will meet me there and give me the answer that I need. I can't even tell you how many times I have needed to hear from God, and He speaks to me when I get together and pray with other believers. And so picking up in verse 5, and, and let's see how they prayed. Here we go. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and, and did not destroy them. But see how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. In other words, he prays, Lord, it's not fair what we're going through. It's not fair how they are treating us. Oh, our God. Will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Oh, this is so good. 
what you see here is that Jehoshaphat is a man who will not forget the goodness of God. So when he gets backed into this corner and his world gets turned upside down and fear and anxiety and questions start to creep in, Jehoshaphat chooses to set his mind on the victories of the past. And so he starts to remember all the good things that God has done for him. He starts to remember how God has come through for them in the past. He, he starts to recount the miracles that he has seen God do, the promises that God has firmly established in his word. And so earlier in, earlier in the service today, we sang that song that says, I have seen you move, Lord. You move the mountains, and I believe I will see you do it again. And for some of you who are new to your faith, maybe you don't have those stories yet. You don't have that, that rich history with God yet to look back upon. Well, here's what I want you to do. For this week's message, we have put together a special web page, mw.church slash God is. And what we've done here is provide for you a huge list of Bible verses and passages for you to study. And so we have here over 200 Bible references for you to look up and pray through. And I'm telling you, we put enough spiritual growth material on this one page to last you for weeks. Because like Jehoshaphat, listen, you cannot declare the promises of God if you don't know who God is. And so I want you to get your Bible open and look up every Bible verse that we put on that page. And I promise you will begin to see changes in your life as you begin to grow in knowing who God is and who God says you are. And so Jehoshaphat makes this beautiful declaration in verse 12. And wherever you are right now, will you say it out loud with me? We're going to put it on the screen. Don't be afraid. Say it with me. Here we go. He said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Come on, let's say it again with Jehoshaphat. He says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Uh, I love the story. One day there were three pastors who were debating over which position for prayer is the most appropriate and effective. And while they were talking, there was a telephone repairman who was in the room working on the phone system at the church where they were talking. And he was listening to these pastors talk. And one pastor said, you know, the key is how you hold your hands. I always hold my hands, he said. I hold them together and point them to heaven as a symbol of worship. And the second pastor said, oh, no, no, no. Powerful prayer has to be on your knees. And the third pastor said, oh, you're both wrong. You have to lay down on the floor with your face on the ground. Well, this, this phone repair man spoke up and said, you know, I think the most powerful prayer I ever prayed was the time I was dangling upside down from a telephone pole 40 feet above the ground. And see, sometimes we don't really learn to pray 
until our world gets turned upside down. And maybe God wants to use this season to totally transform your life and get your priorities turned around. And so here's what happens next in this story. Let's pick up where we left off, verse 13 into verse 14. Verse 13 says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Medaniah and a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. And you see this whole list that goes back for generations. In other words, listen, this prophet God spoke through was not some crackpot on YouTube or Facebook. See, Jehaziel was a guy who had been vetted by the community. They knew who he was. They knew this guy's background. They knew his, his track record. They knew this prophet was trustworthy. And so in other words, let me just say, please be cautious about what you believe on the internet or people who claim to speak for God. See, this is not to be taken lightly. And so here's what God says. God says to him in these next few verses, Jehoshaphat, here's the plan. God says, I want you to go out onto the battlefield, and I want for you to line up against the enemy, and here is what I want for you to do. Jehoshaphat, I want you to look at the enemy face to face. I want you to look your enemy right in the eyeball, and God says, and I want for you to sing. I, I'm sorry, what God you want us to sing? And God says, yes. God says, Jehoshaphat, you need to understand that your victory in this battle will not be based upon the strength of your weapons. It will not be based upon the sharpness of your swords. It will not be based on how much food you have in your supplies. It will not be based on the size of your muscles or your intelligence. God says, as an act of faith, when you are surrounded by the enemy, I want you to throw back your head and sing with every fiber of your being. Pick up in verse 15. It says, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Did you catch that? Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, the Lord says. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And so here's what happened. Verse 21. So after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. 
and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for His love endures forever. And so God says, I don't want you to send your strongest fighters to the front of the battle. That's what the world does. God says, I want you to send the band to the front, to put the singers in front of the soldiers. And all the musicians said, uh, you want us to do what? <laughs> well, apparently their singing was either really good or really bad because the other three armies were so freaked out, they started attacking each other. Check this out. Verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Verse 27, then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. They started pulling out the guitars, baby, and the, the instruments. And it says, the fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. And so here's what I want to tell you today. You need to know there is power in your praise. When you sing the praises of God, there is something that begins to shift and rearrange in the heavenlies. There is power in your praise. When you start lifting God up in spite of your circumstances, when you start lifting God up in spite of your fear, when you start praising God, even when the darkness starts closing in and your enemy surrounds you and the world seems to be against you, when you start to focus on how big your God is, you start to realize how small your problem is. And so there are two things that I want to recommend to you today. And you can start with it this week or even today. Are you ready? Number one, spend time on mw.church slash God is. Some of you, the reason that you are afraid and the enemy is beating you down right now is because you either don't know or perhaps you have forgotten exactly who your God is and who he says you are. And so we have put together this list for you on this one page. We've given you over 200 Bible verses that you can go through and pray through every single one. And I believe that if you follow the instructions that we put here at mw.church slash God is, it will begin to transform your mind and perspective and much of the hold the enemy has over you right now will begin to be released. Maybe God will even begin to show you some things that you've been holding on to from your past, or maybe some changes that you need to make in your life to start trusting Him more. And here's the fun one. Number two, 
crank up the volume and sing. <laughs> and so if you stick around after this song, we're going to come back and update you with a few things, some brand new things that we're going to share with you today. But first, wherever you are right now, I know this is maybe going to be a little strange. This is a song that we recorded a few weeks ago before all the restrictions became so tight. And so we still had the full band. But you know, one of the things that I, I miss most right now is being with a massive crowd at church, hearing all of you sing your faces off, blowing the roof off, singing the praises of God. And as we saw in this story today, there is power in your praise. And so we need to get up on our feet. I know, again, it might feel strange, but crank up the volume on your TV right now or whatever you're watching on right now and let us declare with confidence. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Let me hear you sing. 